Hello. Well, hi there. Can you hear me okay? I can. It worked. Excellent. I'm always used to being on the other end, so I don't know what it's like for everybody else. Oh, it's wonderful. Wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. Good, good. All things considered. I always add all things considered. Because you just never know, right? Ah, you know. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Um, Well, (laughs) here we are. Um, so this is this is my podcast, which is about everything and nothing. Um, I don't know. It's just I got the idea from uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who has a podcast. And it's called Wiser Than Me. And um, she interviews all these people who she feels that, I mean, mostly it's older women. But for me, it's just whoever... I'm either inspired by or people I know or people I want to chat with. So that's, that's the main idea, I guess. Are you still there? Uh Oh, I can't hear you. I don't know what's happened. Hello. Hey. I think it, hopefully it'll work now. I don't know. Hopefully I'll just, it's the worst. I'll just keep <laughs> tapping my screen. <laughs> That's how I figured it out with Bridget when I was recording with her. I think it did that. And yeah. I know. And I'm just, I'm, I'm too old to do all the things to fiddle with and figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, if the conversation is interesting enough, people will stick with it. And I did when I was listening to you talk with Bridget. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was that was a good episode. That was fun. That was my tester yeah. episode. Yeah, that was great. I need to figure out how to get it on other platforms too. Because I feel everybody has more than Spotify, but I'll figure that that's something for another day. And I need to bend somebody's ear that knows technology. Yes, yes, yes. And but I'm not, not a Spotify fan. I just got off of it, so... I know. I I was off of it for a long time, and then I went back. Um, you know, I got pissed off because of the whole you know Joe Rogan thing, and then Jenny Mitchell got off, and so did uh, Neil Young, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I just don't like that they don't that musicians don't get enough. Yeah, which sadly I feel that that's every every platform for streaming. Yeah. I feel like. That, yeah. They need to restructure that just like the actors and writers are striking and they're not being paid fairly. They need to do the same for musicians. Yeah. So, but you know, I I wish, see, I just wish Oprah would just go in and just be a mediator for everybody. Don't you wish that? Me too. I feel like she could solve everything. I do feel like she could too. She would just go in there, and then everybody would have a good cry. They'd figure it out. Everybody would get right. fair pay. That's who we need. That's the kind of leadership we need. Yeah, she'd be like, "You get a raise, and you get a raise, and you get a raise, and you right. get a fair." Pay. <laughs> Living wage for everyone. Yeah. Medical I'm... coverage for everyone. Oh God! If only. If only. Right. Yeah, I know. I'm. I'm without the uh, health insurance at the moment, which is always challenging. 
but hopefully, you know, everything will stay where it's supposed to and not, yeah, you know. Fingers crossed. That was George Bush's uh, health plan is just don't get sick. Yeah, I know. And at your uh, age, you can do that. Maybe. Uh, more, more than likely. Yeah, I mean, I am I am vaccinated to the the nth degree, so that has helped and I try not to overdo it, but then, you know, yeah. hard not oh, to. No, lost. Yeah, I lost you for a second there. Uh-oh. I'm back. I'm here. You found me. Yay. So well, I got what... permission to not get any more vaccines because I was starting to have little heart things. I got five of them. Oh, no. COVID vaccine. I know. Yeah. Wow. You were just yeah. trying to outdo everybody. Well, they, you know, that's, I was just following doctor's recommendations. I mean, I went down the, you know, American medical uh, pipeline, pretty heavy duty, you know? So I was just following orders. Yeah. And sometimes you gotta. You know, really, they saved my life. So I trusted them. Yeah. So, you know. But I understand people who didn't. And I understand there were some problems. And right. just because they said it was all hunky-dory, I, you know, it, it's always worth taking a look at, you know? Dig right. Look, yep. do, do your research. Yeah, just not too much. And stay away from Web, WebMD. <laughs> well, and right. And the problem is we don't know who to trust anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of sad. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know how we got here. I don't either, man. But you know what? We can get on our phones and click, and stuff shows up on our doorstep. Exactly, which That's is magic. Cool. Although we were supposed to have flying cars by now. I know. We just have cars that drive themselves. Yeah, which is scary to me. I don't think I'd want that. I know they have the cars that like do the self-parking and the self-parallel. Like I. I'm laughing because they're, they've got um, taxis now that are self-driving in San Francisco. I'm oh laughing because I just saw a headline about how people are getting in, in them and having sex. <laughs> <laughs> and the writer what? had so much fun writing the, writing the article. He was really like, just because you want your banana peeled doesn't mean blah, blah, blah. Oh it was hilarious. Uh, I don't think I'd be able to relax and have no. sex in a car that was no. being driven by a computer. Right. But some people were he interviewed saying, well, that was half the thrill. It's like, yeah, I give you, what an orgasm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's great. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still not on board with that. Although you get, it's weird because like once you have a taste of those things, then you get spoiled. Like I had a car for work that had the backup camera and all the fancy things. And like, it beeps at you if you, if there's somebody in the other lane and you're trying to merge. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got back in my actual car, which is like a 2007 Toyota Yaris. And like, I'm like, Oh, like I have to turn around and look and I have to actually, you know, look at all the mirrors and, you just get lazy and you get complacent. Yeah. yeah. I drove a stick shift up until four years ago because nobody could steal them. Yeah. And I just also liked, I just felt like when I was driving, I was actively participating in, in my cars, you know, uh, mm. functioning. So 
it kept my brain a little more awake than uh, uh anyway i have an automatic now it's wonderful i think my mom learned driving a stick and i just remember when i was learning to drive she told me not to watch her because even um when I was learning how to drive, she had an automatic, but she would drive with both feet. Oh, really? So, yeah, and I was just like, don't, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, really, don't watch her. No, I didn't, but I think about that all the time. I'm like, how can you do that? That just It's just easy just to move your foot just a little bit. I don't know. Right? But yeah, I, I don't know how she, but she always did that with both feet. Like, all right. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it's that whole thing with you know parents though you know don't do what I do. Right, <laughs> do but that's how that's how storefront. Mm. Did I lose you again? I don't know. We were doing so well. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness, technology, man. <laughs> I know, and I don't have an iPhone, so I was just like, I'm Googling it. I'm like, what? I've never had an iPhone in my life. Yeah, Every I like mine. Everybody thinks I'm strange. I just don't know. I just haven't had one, and I have not needed to have one, and I, I, I may like it. I don't know. It takes some getting used to. It's definitely a... Uh... You know, it's a comfort thing. We get familiar with something and we don't want to change. Yeah, like I've had Android forever and the only I Apple anything I've ever had is I had one of those nano shuffle things. Oh, aren't those the best? Yeah, but it only held like, I don't know, 100 songs or something, maybe. <laughs> when I when I was a teacher, I saved up and bought one of those. Mm. And I was doing like exercise programs for the staff and so I was like parking at like Rayleigh's and riding my bike to school or parking way far away and just walking. And I love to put on my iPod shuffle red and mm -hmm. walk to school. And uh, gosh, who was, I was really, I was listening to a lot of modest mouse then. Mm -hmm. And he was, he's great to walk to anyway. Yeah. I love that thing. And I kept uh. it in my file cabinet. You know, I have this little desk area and I had a file cabinet where I would, throw my purse and my iPad, my iPod in there and lock it. Anyway, I guess I forgot to lock it. Oh, no. Some kid saw it in there <laughs> and he stole it. Ugh. I know, I was so bummed. I didn't have even cried. Just Liberty's like, finest. Oh. Anyway, oh, well. Easy come, easy go. See, you mentioning Rayleigh's makes me homesick. Oh, <laughs> I know. I love Rayleigh's. I just shopped there today. It's yeah, expensive I love that and store. I shouldn't, but yeah, it's a, yeah, I love going there. Yeah. So it's, so I guess I will, I will key in listeners to, you mentioned teaching in high school. Um, Susan was actually my dance teacher in freshman year. Uh, oh God, 1992. <laughs> no, it was. It wasn't 92, and I don't think you were a freshman. Oh, okay. Maybe I was wrong. 95, 96 was my first school year. Oh, God. Was it my senior year then? You, were you a senior? I think I only had you for when you were, and you were gone. 
Because yeah, he's the same I'm... age as my son. Yeah. Jay, and that's and he just he was in his senior year. Okay. Yeah, I guess it was senior year. I, but I was only I didn't finish senior year. I um I started and halfway through went back on independent study. So maybe it was just a semester. Oh, oh god. And you didn't get me for as your independent study teacher? What the heck? Yeah, I know. Um I had a really good one and I can't remember who the hell she was. And then when I went back, I had some guy who was like a PE teacher or something. And I was like, there's just, I don't know. Uh, yeah. My yeah. school, my school experience yeah, was like very checkered. Kind of work. Yeah. Even I was, yeah. High school was what? It was, it was very checkered to say oh, the least. To say the very least. My goodness. I don't know how we all survived that business. Yeah. I know. It's just one of those things. It's like I look back on it now and I'm like, well, I'm glad I was able to be myself. But then again, it's like I didn't really know what being yourself in high school meant. Nobody does. Because you're just figuring it out. Yeah. And well, I, ever I went to my 10-year high school reunion. I hated high school, Nick. I mean, hated it. And my 10-year high school reunion, I told them I was, I was a high school teacher. And they're like, what? <laughs> I was bound and determined to go back and make it so that it wasn't hell for at least a few kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, you were definitely my favorite teacher in high school, for sure. Aww. And, and it was a hard time. I mean, it was just, um, you know, I had friends, but it was just so weird. Like, I didn't really know who I could trust as far as the kids and you know kids are cruel oh they're awful and i, and I heard stories afterwards kids in your similar situation around the same time who were really tortured by yeah there yeah yeah and even before when i went to um o'hara park because that's when i came out i came out in 1991 <laughs> wow in seventh grade yeah or was it seventh or eighth? See, I, my, you know, your brain does weird things. And I've realized too that I think it's a trauma response. You always think everything happened in the same year or the same age. Yeah. Yeah. So my brain always thinks everything happened to me at 15. Yeah. Well, in some ways, yeah, it's still true in a way, but yeah. I think oh, all I, my students should know each other because I know you all. I think every single person over the last 25 years that I know should yeah. know each other. But yeah. I think a lot of us probably do. Um, I don't know. But that was one of the things I look forward to. I still remember choreography to, um, was it was it Sergio Mendes? Oh, I did a lot of, that's where I came from. I, was, I had an Afro-Brazilian troupe. Yeah, it was, yeah, uh, was it Magdalena? Hey, Magdalena. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yep, it's a great song. I still know all the choreography that you taught me. No way. You, you need to videotape yourself and, and show me because I don't remember it. Well, at least the very beginning because I remember there was some like foot sweeping and just, yeah. I, <laughs> And it's funny because right now I can't think of what it was, but you play the song and it's like, it's like, uh, I don't know, like a reflex almost. Oh, fun. 
That's funny because I still remember I was on the drill team back when actually <laughs> people were still wearing like bouffant hairdos. Oh, God. And, uh, I still remember the routine. Now, did you have a bouffant hairdo? Hell no. I didn't I, think so. I, had the, I was a total hippie chick with the long hair parted in the middle. You still are a total hippie chick. I know. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I think everybody knows and it's fine. You know, it's, I, uh, I have a, over the pandemic, I had a Zillow, um, uh, Jones. I had, I kept going to Zillow and looking at houses in Alabama. Cause my father's from Alabama. You can get a hell of a house in Alabama for nothing compared to California. And I actually called um, a realtor on one and he kind of got wind, you know, that I'm from Northern California. I teach art and dance. And, you know, he, he was like, you know, this is a pretty conservative Christian area. And I said, well, I, I can, I can blend in. And I'm like, well, who are you kidding, Susan? No, you're not going to blend in there. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and it's so cheap because it's Alabama. That's why. That's the deal. But I was looking at like near Muscle Shoals where all the music comes from because I'm oh, a music yeah. junkie. Yeah. And, uh, I just, you know, uh, when I did research, like Native Americans would talk about the Tennessee River and how it sings. And it just feels like this place where music comes from. And I, I want to go there. Did you ever watch the documentary on Muscle Shoals? I did. Loved so it. So good. So good. So good. Of course, I'll pretty much watch any documentary. Especially on music. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I always think of the Rolling Stone songs, you know, when they get this woman up and she's got curlers in her hair in the middle of the night and they call her in and, yep. and she's like, you want me to what? And she's singing that line in the um, just a shot away shelter. Just a yeah, right yep. later. You know, yep. it's just like, damn, girl, bring it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, um, I've said it once, and I'll say it again. I think music is why I'm still alive. Hey, you and me both, kiddo. Yeah, and um, you know, it means a lot to my son Jay as well, and I think. And Issa, for sure, you know, Issa yeah. Stemler, mm -hmm. you know, I think it has kept us all alive. And I think it's why we still are connected. Yeah. Now, Jay's, he's doing a lot with, like, DJing, right? He's DJing his heart out, yeah. Yeah. And he does, is it, like, EDM type stuff? Or... Oh, don't ask me. He's got, <laughs> I don't think it's EDM. I think it's, oh, he's going to, sorry, Jay. It's Psytrance. I, I don't even know what it is. I just love everything he does, you know, because I'm his mom. Right. And I, I'll dance to it. He actually uh, DJed one of my, uh, I was doing ecstatic dance uh, online during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And he DJed for us once and I just was like brought to tears by it. He knows how to move a crowd. Let me tell you. That's cool. It's neat to see. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a cool progression. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of him. Well, I mean, that's good. I mean, he's your kid. I hope so. That would be terrible if you're like, oh, he's, he's been awful. <laughs> he just needs to stop tailgating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 1,002, 1,003, 1,000. That's how far away you should be from the car oh. in front of you, Jay Eric Burkhart. Love oh, you. 
Okay, here I was thinking tailgating like having a party in the parking lot like they do before the... <laughs> I didn't, I missed that, Nick. You broke up a little bit. Say it again. Oh, I was, I was saying here, I was thinking it was tailgating like uh, partying in the parking lot. Oh, no, tailgating That's like different. on the freeway. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, and you're making me even more homesick. I still say freeway out here and everybody blinks at me. Oh, what do you, what do they say out there? It's like the interstate or the highway or whatever. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, but everything to me is freeway. I'm just like, got on the freeway. And they're just like, what? I'm like, never right. mind. I'm from California. Mm. And, and they all say, they're like, why did you leave? I'm like, because there's more out there in the world. I mean, yes, I left for a guy, but I stayed because things happened and, you know, I, it's been good so far. Well, and I think liberal-minded people need to spread out. It doesn't make sense for us to all be in one place preaching to the choir. Yep, yep. You know, get out there. Got to educate the uneducated. Right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we learn from each other. I exactly. have two sweet neighbors down the street for me. I adore them. They're two 90 or sisters in their 90s. And they are both Trump supporters. Ugh. And we just don't talk about it. And I show up for them and they show up for me. And we, I, you know, they see my rainbow flag. And, but we, we don't talk about politics and we're fine. Yeah. That's why I think I could get along if I really needed to. You could, yeah, you could. I, I'm unfortunately the older I get, the more things happen in politics, the less I can hold back. Uh, um, yeah, that's great. I've had, I've had to drop a lot of friends and oh. I've had a lot of arguments, and people yeah. they're like, Oh, well, you know, I still support you. And I'm like, You can't vote for somebody who is against me and still say you're supporting me. That's just. Yeah. It's been hard talks, but I mean, some of them are good to have because it's like, then you really know who your friends are. Well, and I might be different if, if these w women were younger, you know, at the end, yeah. you know, once you hit you know, your nine, I'm not going to change them politically. Oh yeah. But I have converted a few. Well, yeah, I would hope I've, so. I've converted a few Republicans. <laughs> Praise you know, the my Lord. Brother, my brother jokes with me because I've, tend to date people who are politically different from me and they always come and see things my way and my brother's like what are you gonna do convert them one at a time and i'm like i might yeah well there are worse things to do believe me there are worse things to do for sure at least they're going to the right side and not the opposite i suppose <laughs> so it's funny i was telling somebody that i was gonna have you on and they were asking, they're like, well, who is she? And I'm like, well, she was you know, my dance teacher in high school. And I also explain the thing, the story of your son. Because, you know, when I met your son, I had the giant crush on him. And he was interested in my friend Melissa. Um, not, not Melissa that you know, but the other one. Oh, okay. And so it was just this cycle of, like, unrequited. <laughs> and she could have cared less about him. <laughs> yeah, of course, because that's so, the ones you like the best. It's oh, not yeah. about catching, it's about chasing, Nick. Yeah. So it was just it was just kind of funny. And I'm like, it just yeah. A little but, love uh, triangle. Yeah. It was just it was going the wrong <laughs> the wrong direction for everybody. 
which is fine. I don't know. It's yeah. just fun. I, I think, though, in high school, I probably had a crush on everybody. I mean, you know, that's just the How way it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Anything gets done by kids in high school because they're just being run on hormones. I know. You know? Those things come on board, man. They just wreak havoc. Yeah. I feel like any guy that paid attention to me, I was like, marry me. Although sometimes <laughs> I'm like that still. <laughs> I know. I've noticed it. <laughs> I loved your podcast describing your your ideal wedding in Scotland in a haunted castle or something like that. Yeah. 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 I definitely, I'm, I'm scared of, I just need the fiance, but I'm scared of letting them know that it's already planned. Right. <laughs> well, I think you should just go anyway. Just live out the fantasy. Yeah. I'll just marry myself. Well, or, you know, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Have an unwedding and invite everybody. That would be fun. I know someone who did that. She was engaged to be married and it fell through. And so she had a ceremony anyway. She married That's... herself. You know, I've never even been engaged. It's not all it's cracked up to be. Nah. I know. <laughs> I just, I, but yeah, you know. I understand. It'd be nice to have somebody get on a knee and, and ask. Yeah. yeah, I understand. I almost proposed to my ex and then we got into a big fight and then I wound up like throwing the ring at him and leaving and I never got the ring back and I wish oh. I had. Oh, yeah. It was a really cool ring and it was very expensive. Oh, no. Did he at least get the ring? No. Did you just threw it and it was lost? No, he had it, but like oh. he never gave it back when we broke up. I was like, oh, I want my, well, I want my, the ring back and I want the video camera, you know, which I, I, I did, and he never either. He just gave me back a bunch of paintings that I painted for him, and I was like, I don't want those. Aww. He probably yeah. sold it. Yeah, so to a note to your listeners, if you ever get the ring, and yeah, don't give it back. I, that's no? what I, I mean, well, I don't know. I gave my, I had somebody ask me to marry them, and a lot, as soon as we, he asked me, we knew it was all wrong. And he gave me a gorgeous ring. And it was nice, Nick, I'm going to admit, to be yeah. asked, even though it was yeah. all wrong. Right. And uh, stupid me, I gave the ring back because I just didn't feel right keeping it. And even, and he, when he gave it to me, he said, no matter what, no matter what, this ring is yours. Uh, but I gave it back because, you know, I'm, I have integrity. And, uh, yeah. and then years later, I said, you know that ring? Remember you told me no matter what, it was mine? Mm -hmm. I have it back. He said, "No." Oh my god! I'm sorry you didn't get your ring back, Nick. No, it's fine. I didn't even ask him, though. That's the thing. It's like, had I asked him, and I don't know, it just it was, yeah. I and I don't think that was that would have not worked out well at all. Right. (laughs) That was pretty much doomed from the start, and I think the reason why I kept it going is because. My mother gave her blessing. He was the only boyfriend of mine that my mom met. And I was like, it has to work. And sometimes you just try, you know, and you beat the dead horse and just got to give up. Boy, I, I, in hindsight, at this stage of my life, I look back on all the years that I so wanted to partner. Yeah. And didn't. And it's clear I'm never going to. And I just, and now I'm, totally at peace with it 
a lot. Of, but anyway, I just wonder about, you know, we try and fit our relationships into these boxes of what we think is normal. And I'm using my air quote lines because there's no <laughs> normal. Right. And I have ended up at this stage of my life with the most beautiful friendship with a man I've ever had. And I feel this just blossoming exponential love for him. We are never going to get married. We are never going to partner. And we don't need to. We have a beautiful, enduring friendship. And from this wise, you know, point of view in my life, I try and tell everybody, just get a good friend and keep them. Right. You know, stumble through, you know, have your ups and downs, you know, and just, just focus on deep, enduring, intimate friendship. Yeah. And sex is something, sex just, and sex just ruins everything. As far as like finding healthy relationship, I don't know. The people I was attracted to were not ever good partners. Yeah. Or, you know, I tried to force it into being one and it never was. Yeah. That's why I really feel that like, I guess I should go against type some days because there have been a lot of guys that have been interested in me and they just like, didn't quite do it for me. And right. I just, you know, yeah. To ignore that. That's because yeah. I always wanted the bad boys. I always wanted like the, you know, the rocker, like, are you there? I'm here, man. This is going to be a patchwork quilt. I know. Well, this is, I'm wondering, like, is this going to force me to find another way to do this? I mean, this is all trial and error, I suppose. Yeah, well, yeah, I actually did a podcast for another um, podcast, and it was, they recorded it. I mean, they did it with like a video. I don't know how they did it, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. My friend Ricky does it. I think he does like a Skype chat and he records that and then edits it. Yeah, they and were able to edit this one too. Yeah, I think this is, I'll get there, but uh, this is, this is convenient, air quotes. <laughs> but well, then when it I, does... was, I was just on the verge of giving you sage advice. Yes. About relationships. I know, but the universe is like, nah, he doesn't need to hear that yet. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Well, here, still, I still got it loaded up for you. So here it comes. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Get rid of the box. Okay. You know, those friends that you have, just keep investing in them. And they, this, this friendship to blossom into this blooming love that it has come into, it took seven years. Yeah. And it surprised me. And it's, it's, it's a deep, deep love. Yeah. And I was able to let go of all the expectations or all that. Well, he's not this and he's not that. And he's, well, he's not. But he's way more than any of those things. And such a great person that, for me to have in my life. Anyway, so, but I had to let go of all those expectations and and, uh, you know, projections. I was, everybody I was meeting, I was like, well, do you fit my, you know, my, the little box I have here? And nobody right. ever did. Yeah. I think part of it is that it's how the world teaches you you're supposed to date and you're supposed to, right? you know, 
find your partner. And I mean, first of all, it teaches you to be straight. <laughs> then, right. then when you're not, you're like, Oh God, how do I do this now? And then um, like I've had my sister ask me things. She's like, well, when you go on a date with a guy, like, how do you figure out who pays? And I joked around and I said, well, it's like, you know, like the wild West. And it's like, you know, a, you draw like whoever slaps the wallet down first. <laughs> um, I don't know. And it's just weird because it's like, I feel like dating as a gay man is hard. Dating as a 45 year old gay man is hard because it's, <sighs> There, there are lots of hoops and everybody does have those preconceived ideals and um, I don't know. So it's just, it's just this weird, yeah. it's like a, being on a weird game show. And then if you find someone who fits, you know, ticks all the boxes for you, you don't tick all the boxes for them. Yeah. I don't like know. I've just, I've had some weird things. Like I had one guy, I went on a date and uh, I probably mentioned this before. Like I, I, I repeat my stories. So it's That's kind of funny. Right. I'm, okay, go back to my, I'm going to go back and listen to all the episodes to be like, I said the same thing in every episode. <laughs> oh, but this guy on the date, he told me, he's like, well, you know, he's like, you know, it looks good on paper. He's it's like when you order something on Amazon and you don't get really what you expected. And I was like, I feel great. <laughs> oh gosh! I mean, he was honest. Then it was weird because then, like, he walked me out to the car and, like, he pinned me to the car and, like, made out with me. And I'm like, "Well, you're interested in something, right?" I know. Men mm. are fickle. Uh, people are fickle. They are. They are. Sex, sexual attraction clouds everything. It does, but it helps sometimes. It's it's nice when there is, you know, slot A and slot B and then, you know, the, the circle and all that. <laughs> Are you describing what I think you're describing? No, I don't know. <laughs> when all yeah. the pieces fit together, it's, you know, well, yeah. circle gets the square. Right. <laughs> Wait, that's that's Hollywood squares. That's different. <laughs> I don't I certainly want, don't want to date in Hollywood. I don't know. Friendship, dear. Yeah. People you like doing things with and being willing to explore somebody without, you know, having to fit them into your ideal. Right. You know, I don't know. And people change and people grow. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, not that I have all the answers. I don't. But it's okay. been really liberating to not be um, driven by hormones, let me tell you. Yeah. I can imagine it would be nice to still there. Yes, oh, you I am. <laughs> Just it would be nice to uh, have, I guess, something else drive you. And I don't know. It's like, well, you know, do you do it with your heart? Do you do it with your head? Do you just do a combo of both? Yep. Um, because the heart and the head are pretty stupid sometimes. Yep. <laughs> but well, I guess. I don't know if you know that I my last my current dance obsession has been for the last 15 years has been tango. Oh yes, that's and a very is, passionate dance. Well, I, you know, it's a dance of connection. And yeah. what I love about this dance is the philosophy of it. And that is two people come together, they put their hearts together, they lean into each other. But the rule of tango is you always have to hold your own weight. 
So even though your weight is leaning on another person, if that person steps away, you have to be able to hold yourself up. And philosophically, I love that because I think we have a tendency to, in, in relationships to lean too hard on somebody and have, you know, and not hold our own weight anymore. So yeah. I think being, being able to you know, live independently, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff, have your weekends to yourself and not have be the end of the world is all, is all good stuff. Yeah. I think that that's probably part of what was the problem with my ex is that we met, I was 23. I, talked a good game about being self-sufficient and independent and adult, but I was living at home and I didn't really know much about anything. Yeah. And so I just kind of faked it. But then when we got together and I moved out here, I was like, love me, take care of me, tell me how to live my life. And it was a lot. Yeah. And I know a lot of people want to paint him as the victim or the villain, but I don't, that's the older you get, you realize nobody's, nobody's the, the hero, nobody's the villain. Everybody yeah. is kind of a little bit of both. Yep. You're very wise to oh. realize this. Yeah, no, that's a big part of it growing up. Well, I think a lot of it is that I, we were together for six years. I haven't really been with anybody since. Like, I hear in there smatterings, but I just, I don't want to go through that. And I also don't want to jump into something without knowing that if it is something I want to know it's something rather well, than it takes a long time to know. Yeah. You have to really invest right. the time and let it be what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to do, but I don't, me, want... I don't know. That's friendship. Yeah. And, and sadly I've probably ruined a lot of good possibilities because I had two guys that I dated or, or went on a date recently with and I told them I said they're like oh well friendship and that's how we you know build things and cool and then of course silly me I was like I don't want a friend I have <laughs> enough friends and I've heard that before too yeah that just uh, that ruined that and it could have been something but then uh, but then also like I almost knew that it was a good decision because then what they said in retort was, you know, like one of them was like, oh, well, I just don't think it's a match. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't know. It's just so, it's almost like they revealed themselves once I did, but I, I should just be friends and enjoy it and enjoy the experience and not try and micromanage <laughs> my love life. It's not easy to do. It's just no. really not. And no. a real friend will let you go through all that stuff. Yeah. Know? I mean, yeah. my friend let me friend zone him Im- immediately in our relationship. The, 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 what kept us going was we just enjoyed each other's company every time, every yeah. time. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, yeah, I don't want to be friends either. And, and, but, but look at us. Every time we get together, we have fun. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, that yeah. was kind of the glue. Now, did you meet organically? Like, um, no, you know, we met on OK Cupid. Oh, and I was nursing a broken heart. No, I know. And he told me he was a therapist, and I'm like, in my head, I thought, oh God, he's gonna, he's gonna find out how screwed up I am, and he'll be gone in a, in a hot second. And he stuck <laughs> around. 
my worry is either with therapists, either with therapists or people who are like, you know, went to school and were psych majors. I always worry that they just want to fix you. Um, because I think a lot of people, I mean, especially psych people, I think they want to fix others rather than themselves. So, I mean, you're lucky if you find somebody yeah. who's mentally stable and grounded enough and it's not that case. Right. So I don't know. But Yeah, uh, he's pretty much accepted me for who I am, which is is pretty amazing. It's good. What sign are you again? I'm a Capricorn, Earth sign. Okay, okay. What are you? Scorpio? I'm an Aquarius. I'm an air sign. Aquarius. Ah. Okay. Yeah, and I'm a February Aquarius, which is better than, you know, not really better, but <laughs> it's just, it is true to me how, depending on which month you were born in, your sign differs. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure how much I believe in that, but I've had people, two people do my chart and both of them have one, the first one I was just, I think I was just like 18 he said, I want to, I want to finance you. And I'm like, what? He's like, I want to invest in you. I'm like, uh, why? He said, because I think you're going to do really great things. And according to your chart, you're going to do them from your home. I'm like, what? Hmm. So, and then I had somebody else do my chart in my thirties and they said the same thing. Wow. And I, so I put a lot of energy into my home. Yeah. So far, I have not made my fortune here, but I have. I did have two um, art students walk up to my front gate. I now have two art students that I'm going to teach privately. Nice. Yeah, I'm raking it in. Well, and I don't know if they necessarily mean fortune, like, you know, I don't know, I, like in a monetary sense either. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I had somebody do my cards, and they said apparently this year, I'm supposed to release the book and it's going to be very successful. And I have that in the back of my mind. I'm like, well, I should hurry up. But I'm like, you know, uh, when you're writing about your trauma and you're writing about your life, you have to take a million steps back. Oh, it's a heavy lift doing that stuff. Yeah. Cause you wrote about, you wrote a book, correct? No, I didn't write a book. Or not I, a book. Wrote, I just wrote a little podcast um, essay. That's right. Uh, and it got published on this on uh, breaking down patriarchy. Nice. It was, but it was hard to do. Gee, yeah. My knees. And I think the only reason I did it was because I had that horrific surgery, and I just kind of got, you know, I don't know. I, <laughs> the scars literally got ripped off, you know. Yeah. So I was raw and ready to talk about it. I did. Yeah. I'm glad I did. And I'm yeah. really happy. I'm shocked that somebody wanted to listen to it and that it got published. Yeah. But it's out there now. Yeah. I mean, someday I will publish. It's just, I don't know when. And I've, I've taken to letting more people read it. Um, so it's less scary because originally there was just one person who read it and then there were three and then so on. And so I'm getting there. Um, I want to read it. Sure, I will send it to you. It's on a Google Doc. Perfect. It is like, I don't know. I'm trying to describe it. It's not uh, linear. It's 
like how my brain is. My mother always said that my brain's a CD player on shuffle. So it's just <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> well, that's when you need to find a good editor. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, my, my thing is, is as long as it makes sense and you can follow, um, cause I, the people who have read it, they haven't said, Oh, it's just, you know, jumbled mess. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not really that structured, so it just seems kind of silly to like overly structure something where I'm telling about my life. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I should be, but I just, I don't know, maybe that's the Aquarius in me. I don't know. I, I think the trauma just needs to get written down, period. And it can be yeah. a hot mess. Yeah. And to be honest, when I wrote mine down, uh, the editing process helped me process it in my head better. Right. And I realized that there were some ways I was thinking about it that weren't really very kind to myself. And so as I rewrote my story, I was like, oh, uh, that's what was happening here. Not this, you know. Anyway, it was really good to process my story that way. Yeah. Anyway, I, I highlight, yeah, get it down on paper. And then revisit and tell it again and again and again, and it'll change. It'll morph. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard because I've done that. I've tried to reread it, and it's like reliving everything. And I'm sure the more I do it, the less yeah. weird it'll be. Um, and I think with yeah. me, my biggest thing is, is that I don't remember everything. So it's like, you know, knowing that something happened but not what. And just trying to deal with mm -hmm. that and make your peace with it. And just there's so many signs and things that happened when I was a kid that there are just so many red flags. And I just feel like a lot of things got ignored. And so it's like I'm exploring those now and going, oh, God. And it's just like I feel like I'm an adult parent that's protective over my child self. That's, that's excellent. What a great journey to be on. Yeah. And the, the last chapter, I've had a lot of people either love it or hate it. It's polarizing. But the last chapter, I would just love to have it um, like comic style. Ah. And I just kind of want it to be like, you know, me burying my childhood self or, you know, immortalizing or what have you. And then just kind of walking off and being done. Um, my therapist said that it's like you, you carry around this sack with these clothes that were from your childhood and they don't fit you anymore. And why are you carrying that around with you? Hmm. Good question. I think we all carry around a lot of stuff and just need to let go. And I think that that's what I'm anxious about is just when I'm done, I can just hopefully release it and just be like, okay, it's somebody else's. I mean, not necessarily, but, you know, it's, it's out there and it's not a weight or a burden. Well, it sounds like you're being tender towards that part of yourself. That's part yeah. of why you're keeping yeah. what you're keeping. There's a tenderness mm -hmm. and a care. You don't, yeah, I, you're not ready to be done. Yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah, it's a good process. Yeah, it's a long process. So it's like I've heard when you the, say this before, though, that you want to bury your you know, this this child you know, and be done with it. Like, yeah, but it's you. I I don't. Well, blah, 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 blah. I just feel like our inner children need to stay alive. 
that we yeah. don't need to walk away from them and bury them. We need to let them come out and thrive and grow with us. Right. We need to give them a redo, you know. Hey, if I were there now taking care of you, I would have not let that happen to you. And this right. is who you would be if that happened. And, you know, to let that, the inner child, have a new life in a way. Right. Yeah, that's probably a better way to to look at it. Ah, it's just weird. I think that, I mean, obviously there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of yeah. sadness. And so it's hard. Yeah. It's hard for yeah. me to like my inner child, I suppose, because it's just like, or, you know, who I was as a kid. Cause it's like, there's so many things where I look back and it just creeps me out. And I'm like, but why? And, um, and then I just feel like I've just ran so far away from that. And so now I'm facing it head on. Good for you. Yeah. It's hard work. Yeah. It's a, it's a challenge, but uh, it's gotta be done. And it, it really, that's what COVID did. I mean, I didn't, I had no idea what I was going to do and I didn't have a job and everything turned upside down and I just grabbed my laptop and started writing. Good for you. So now I just yeah. want to add pictures and art and then just, you know, fine tune it and then send it out. And then like on to a, the next thing. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Yes. But I encourage you not to bury your inner child. Okay. Let that guy out. Well, then yeah. I guess I have to have a different ending. <laughs> It, it was going to be so poetic. <laughs> it's fine. <sighs> I can always redo it. It's fine. It's it's the interesting thing is it's, you know, since it's my life, I can really decide where it's going to go. So. Well, that's the thing. And as you're writing it, you can rewrite it and, and your, your thinking about it will change. I mean, that's what I found when I wrote my story and it's really the hardest work to do. Yeah, But I, I found myself kind of having more compassion for my younger self yeah. now and letting that, that giving that, cutting that person a little bit of slack. Yeah. Yeah. I need to, I need to do that. And I think that in exploring a lot of things, I've realized that it's hard when you ha admit things to yourself. Like, I mean, I know that parents are not perfect but then when you start to analyze things and then you wonder really who was there and who was looking out for you and you start to explore everything and then i don't know it just when you're a kid the sun kind of revolves around your parents and especially for me because i just had the one and then you know you just realize they did the best they could but also yeah. they failed you as well so yeah. it's just it's really hard yeah it is and it's hard to say that out loud because you sound like such an asshole you're like hey, you can't say that about your parent i'm like but no you can and chances are they're saying the same thing about their parents yeah oh bully <laughs> i know my yeah, mom because that's what i found if i dig into my trauma it becomes generational Oh yeah. Oh, but then I learned something about my, you know, my parents. Yeah. And I, yeah. you know, I can soften that part of myself too. That was, you know, just angry about, you know, why did I have such a crappy childhood? Yeah. 
because yeah, I know my mom, I think my mom wanted to be a hippie and I don't think she could because she was um, the daughter of a Southern Baptist minister who was very cold and withholding. And it was very, you know, my uncle was the great white hope and, you know, she did everything in her power to get him to notice her. And she was the one who did all the good. And she was the one who, helped out and was breaking her back and trying to make them happy. And I don't know, it's just, and it's, it's generational. I know that, you know, back in my grandfather's day, it was, you know, it was the son who was the the pride and joy. Yeah. Um, and so that was hard for her. And then she yeah. just wanted his love and he was just very withholding and, he was a little bit less withholding with his kids, but it's like we saw it and we saw what it did to her and it just all kind of trickled down. Mm. So that, that oogie generational yuck. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. Were you an only child? No, no, I have a brother and sister. I'm the, I'm the baby though. Oh, okay. Uh, my brother's two and a half years older. My sister's almost nine years older than me. Wow. So... Over her first baby. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, and now, you know, now we have a good relationship because uh, we're pretty much all we have. Yeah. Uh, most, most of our family we don't really talk to and a lot of them have passed. And so it's just, I think we've realized the importance of being close um, it killed me because I was supposed to go and visit my sister um, at the end of July, but I couldn't because, you know, everything with work fell apart. And then I had to scramble and get another job. So when I still haven't heard anything from unemployment, Uh-oh. so I gave up on the ship. I'm just like, you know what? I'll just work. They're obviously not going to pay me oh, for those three weeks. That, yeah, it, it's crazy. It's like 21 business days that it takes. And I think it's been like 23 or 24. And So did they stiff you? I, they still haven't come up with a ter- determination. And they're, you know, coworkers of mine that have received it. I'm just like, well, I'm working now. So I guess those three weeks, I'll just have to not be paid for. So it's just starting to affect me now. But thankfully, everything's catching up. So... And where does your sister live? She's in Santa Cruz. Ooh, a California visit. So is there yeah. a California visit in your future? Um, I'm hoping. I we, we do visit each other once a year, and we take turns each year. Um, so I may try and do Christmas if I can, because I know we have a holiday break. If, if life goes back to normal, knock on wood. I know. <laughs> Who knows? And they, Do we think the whole COVID stuff is over? Um, I'm hoping. Uh, and I think when I say normal, I mean more so with the entertainment industry, my, my regular job. I see. Oh, right. Because that writer's strike is affecting you, yes? Yeah, the, and the, that and the actor strike. So um, I'm hoping. Yeah, okay. But I keep hearing rumors about it spilling into next year. Oh, boy. So we'll see. So I may have some time to go home, <laughs> but uh, we'll I see. hope that gets to happen. Yeah, and I'm glad you're staying close with your siblings. Oh yeah, yeah. She's in Santa Cruz. My brother's in Reno. So they're at least super close. I think they're like four hours apart. And I just need a vacation. 
It's yeah. tough. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, things are good with the family. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, you're going to you're gonna send me a copy of your... Um, oh, my book, your, yes. Your book. Yeah, it's on Google Docs. It's, I think, close to 300 pages. But the problem is, is I've started to, like, try to... Um, refigure it and so there are different versions <laughs> so i'll just that's send okay. you the, the main version yeah that's tough though with 300 pages that's a lot of work isn't it yeah like i've tried to like split it up in chapters and then um i did have a friend actually print it out for me and make notes which has been very helpful oh yeah um and then i've just had to switch things around and then i have to go through and sometimes you know like i said everything in my brain happened when I was 15. I have to go back and go, okay, well, mm -hmm. this did not happen then. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's, nobody's going to really. Uh, oh, I know. But music, know, yeah. and, music and movies have been important for that too because I can remember, I'm like, oh, well, I went to the theater and I saw that but, yeah, at the time. Tie it, tie it to a music or song or a movie. Yeah. Yes. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's how I know certain things. Like, okay, if I really think hard. Right. So, yeah, my yeah. brain really thought that I had you in freshman year, but I guess uh, not. No, I w and I was trying to think back. I'm like, oh, did I have little Nick at 14? And I couldn't remember that. <laughs> nope, senior year. Yeah. And that's you how had I senior it. Nick. <laughs> the what? Yeah, had senior Nick. Senior Nick. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever uh, see Madonna's uh, dance class video? Her high school dance class. Uh, it's out there. I know I've seen it. I think so. Was it her doing um, Bob O'Reilly? She's doing some dance, and her dance teacher is coaching her. And oh, um, yeah, that was. Oh and it was high school. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Because um, it, it was a, just her and another person. I don't remember if there was another person. I just remember. I'm like, oh, look at that. High school dance class. I've seen a few. I've seen a few dance recitals. I know that when she was in, like, super young, she did the whole uh, Goldie Hawn laughing thing where she painted her body and did the bikini thing and, and everyone had a fit. Um, apparently, she was shocking people even then. Um, I guess she was a cheerleader and used to wear flesh-colored tights, so she'd do the, the flips, and everybody thought she was naked. Oh, goodness. Scandalous. Yeah. I know. This is, this is my great teacher. <laughs> you know that she's uh, six months older than I am. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, today's her birthday, so yeah. you're, we're actually recording on a special day. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah, yeah 65. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, um, and she's quite the Leo, for sure. She's a phenomenon. She is, and I'm excited to see her. They finally rescheduled all the dates, but it's funny because now the show that we're seeing her is going to be on April 1st. Oh, perfect. But I'm hoping it's not some April Fool's show. <laughs> They're like, sorry, no show. Oh, my gosh, it could be. They would no, do I that. Don't. I know. A friend of mine was like, I wonder if she's going to play any tricks. I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> It'll keep It'll you on your toes. 
She does. She does. Definitely. I think also in addition to this music being why I'm alive, I think becoming infatuated with her at a young age that helped because she was the first one that showed me that I wasn't such a freak. And then I was, you know, she, the whole gay world was shown to me by her. I had no idea. I was so, you know, I may as well have been under a rock growing up. So it was finding her and going, oh, what a gift. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a nice that gift. wonderful world. I know. And then here yeah, we are. She did a lot for us. She did a lot for us. She really yeah. did. Yeah. Men and women. Yeah. Wear your bra on the outside, people. <laughs> I know. I had, I had somebody saying they're like um, about her supporting the the community they said that she wasn't just fighting and she wasn't just an ally but she was actually in the trenches with everybody and it's true yeah and not a lot of people did that yeah she was cutting edge yeah and i'm wondering that i can't talk about madonna with with oh why i know i don't know i don't there's a little bit of a prudeness and a i mean she really did kind of sure convention yeah. And especially when it came to sexuality, she was just like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be ashamed of my sexuality. In fact, I'm not, not only am I not going to be ashamed, I'm going to put it out there for everybody. Yeah. And she did amazing things. But my friend, I don't know, my friend's not really a prude, but for some reason that just, the fact that she, she did that and made a ton of money um, yeah. made her yeah not like her but i just thought man she's got business savvy oh yeah and hood spot you know yeah i know a lot of people i know the the period with the sex book that lost a lot of people yeah that's um, what happened. yeah it's just like yeah and i was terrible i i had the book because my friend her mom i saved up my lunch money for i don't know how long I guess I got five bucks a day or something like that. So I just saved it up. It was $50. Um, so my friend's mom bought it for me. I gave her the money. She was a Mormon woman. Oh my gosh. I know. But she said, she's like, I'll buy it for you. But on the stipulation, then I get to look at it first. And I said, deal. Okay. <laughs> and then she looked at it she handed it back. And that was that. <laughs> I wonder what she thought. Did she give you an opinion? I think she was fine with it. She was a very kind of hip Mormon, which was wild. Um, she was, yeah, they are. But the people I, that did the podcast for the breaking down patriarchy—they're all Mormon. Oh wow! Right. But I used to take the sex book when I got it, and I would take it to school with me <laughs> at Liberty. Oh, you would? Yeah, I did. And all the teachers were like, you can't have that here. That's pornography. And I whipped around and I'm like, it's art. Oh, good for you. But they never took it away. But the funny thing was, is a lot of the teachers were like, can I see that after class? Right. Was she before or after Mabel Thorpe? Uh, that was That was before I had you. But do you know who Mabel Thorpe is? The photographer. Oh, before. Oh, sorry, Maplethorpe. I thought you said it was before you. Okay. No, no, no. I'm um, just wondering which artist came first, her or Maplethorpe? Maplethorpe. Yeah. But uh, Maplethorpe, like, was the '70s and '80s. He was okay. like best friends with Patty Smith. Which, if you've okay. not ever read Just Kids, 
by Patti Smith. That's amazing. Oh, I need to. So good. Because they I were feel like she's on par with what he did. Yes, for sure. Um, the whole book was kind of like Maple Thorpe had a baby with Warhol. Right. It was very yeah, much. I, she's just brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. And a lot of people were freaked out about it. And she said, you know, she was, it was about exposing hypocrisy because everybody's going to say that they're offended or freaked out. But then it was the New York Times bestseller. Right. It was number one. On the news. So it's like, well, that goes under it. the, you know, the, the saying that uh, there's no bad publicity, you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, to me, that was just, she got some business savvy. Yeah. But then almost ruined her career because that was the time when she had the book, she had the album and she had the movie. And so everybody was like too much sex and it just was saturated. And then she had a slump for a minute, but then came back. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I've rode the wave with it all. I, I mean, I, I'm disappointed with what she did to her butt. Uh, I don't even know. I don't know, like, what is what. I don't know if it's padding or if it was surgical or I don't know. Oh. I, I have no idea. I just know. I hope yeah, it was surgical. Yeah, I know. I mean, but who knows but i know that i've seen rehearsal videos more recently and it looks less dramatic okay so i don't know but also my thing is is it's her body at the end of the day so I'm like well and that's I'm, what she has to say about it as well so yep yeah and i will 100 percent give that to her for sure yeah I mean, the, the thing I hate and I can't stand even more so when people talk about her, but it's just when people ask me, I had this guy ask me once, they're like, what's, what, what's up with her face? And I'm like, would you ask that about a guy? Yeah, no. So true. Yeah. And it's I totally really appreciate sexist. the stuff you posted about that because it is her face and she's yeah. able to do whatever she wants. Yeah. I mean, not everybody may agree with it. I mean, some people don't have surgery and they look funky and they don't do anything about it. So right, I don't know. And, and that when that's what that post said is like she's damned if she does and damned if she doesn't. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's silly, and but it's it's the industry too because yeah. they want you to be perfection, especially women, and they have this ideal. And then if if you age, then you can't because then it's like they want you to age gracefully. But then the minute you start aging gracefully, you start looking old. And it's just this never ending. There's no solution. OK, so I'm going to tell you this because I just had a conversation. Actually, I just drove to San Francisco yesterday to pick up a friend who's getting dental implants. And she's already mm -hmm. spent $20,000 getting implants that failed, failed. Mm -hmm. And now she's going in and she's throwing more in $10,000 at getting these implants redone and bone grafts and all that. So I'm just going to announce to you right now, get ready for it. When my teeth start to go, they're just coming out. And I'll be <laughs> dentures or I'm going to be gumming on my porch. There but, you... you know, I'll still be me. I'll yeah. still be me, I promise. <laughs> right? But yeah, I was like, and I told her that it's like, no, when my teeth start coming out, they're just going to come out. Yeah, that's that. I'm and just like, just like Bobby Brown, that's your prerogative, you know? 
Yep, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Everybody's I mean, everybody's talking. Yep. <laughs> oh, and my ear. Yes. I'm getting tired. Okay, well, we should end this so I'm you can end have the a rest. On picturing me with no teeth and still loving me. That's wonderful. That's okay. a great way to end it. <laughs> you go rest. <laughs> and I'll go eat, and then I'm going to go to karaoke tonight and sing some Madonna. I'm sending you a big, big hug, and I'm looking forward to reading your book. Oh, I will send it to you soon, and thanks so much for doing this, and I will talk to you very, very soon. All righty, my dear. It was a treat. All right. Take care. <laughs> you too. Okay, bye. Bye.